Jane Espenson, you had us read Ragged Dick by Horatio Alger, a book about how easy it is to get out of homelessness if you just believe in yourself and capitalism. Uh, we start and end every show by saying at least one nice thing about the topic. We call it the compliment sandwich. You're up first. What is your major compliment for Ragged Dick? My major compliment for Ragged Dick is that it has this incredibly satisfying feeling as as this little boy accumulates money on his road towards respectability. I've never been and so was, happy for someone to get money. Uh, yes. And just pennies at a time. Yeah. And you're like, put that don't drop that penny. Yeah. And yeah. it was a really familiar feeling and it took me a while to to realize what it was. And I realized it's the Kickstarter feeling. Oh. <laughs> It's when you're watching a Kickstarter that you're rooting for and you're watching the money coming. Oh, that, someone sent in 25 more dollars. It's that feeling. If he doesn't what, get to What were some of the rewards you think that... Yeah. yeah. What were the rewards that Ragged Dick gave out then, you think? Like, uh, yeah, at $100, he gets a mansion on Fifth Avenue? Or maybe that was a lie. But that's what some, he, he, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, his that's rewards a stretch, are... That's a stretch goal, yeah. Yeah. But, um, Sh- shoe shines. I mean, I think he's given shoe yeah, shines shoe on shine. his... Yeah. <laughs> some, maybe or some sass mouth... Yeah, he yes. contributes at the scholar level. You get to share his bed. That's right. <laughs> should we do this more? That is should we have a picture? And that should be like uh, that was a that's an aggressive backer reward. Uh, yes, you, you live in my bed now. <laughs> Actually, yeah. So, so from one penny on, you have to live with me. Um, but then maybe if you like donate ten dollars or more, then you don't. <laughs> you can move out. We'll ta- we'll, we'll, yeah, yeah. Then you can move out if you don't. It's the $10. awkward middle where you're in, in bed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the donut hole. I love it, Chris. What's your major compliment? <laughs> oh, I I really liked how this book played fast and loose with time. Uh, mm-hmm. We had one day where he's showing his buddy around, and we encounter like you know we know everything that happened that morning, and then the afternoon is no incidents of measure took place on the ride down Sixth Avenue, and that was it. Yep. And I like that this uh, <laughs> that Alger really just sticks to the events that happened there was like nine months where, where he was like nothing yeah. interesting happened so yeah. we'll cut I mean, to that's, later that's yeah. that's the thing about history is like a lot of it's just just dead space you know yeah, exactly. that's that's the great and, thing about he, the 1800s so good old horatio <laughs> valued my time mm-hmm. in addition to valuing dick's time so. i i mean i've definitely seen a lot of time jumps in things that i've yeah. read or watched and i've never Would had somebody be like we're travel sk- yeah we're skipping mm-hmm. this because it's boring yeah yeah, yeah. wait that's how i read yeah uh, but honestly, have you guys ever been to Sixth Avenue? Not a lot happens there. <laughs> yeah, it's also called a, Fashion Avenue in New York. There's been a song written mm. about every other avenue, so obviously that one's not a very good one. <laughs> yeah. I, I cannot sixth. wait to hear from you New Yorkers about what you felt about the tour of the city. Oh, yeah. Chris, oh. Um, it, f- yeah, Fashion Avenue wasn't there before. Have you ever taken the 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 horse all the way down to the <laughs> Central Park? So these days, that horse is called the F train, yeah. and that's the train that I get on outside my apartment in Brooklyn, and it takes me into Manhattan, so it goes up 6th Avenue. Has an oh, evil um, woman ever accused you of stealing on the F train? <laughs> there are some pretty whacked out people on that train sometimes. <laughs> that, uh, is, but, that has not changed. Yeah, mostly. Wow. I mean, unchanged. It still smells like piss. Yeah. And I'm sure the yeah. horse cart did, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you yeah. still do the whole ride for like two cents, but you're like... You're not gonna oh no! Now it's two seventy-five. Seconds. They're just uh, up in the price all the time. But that's capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you get to, and Central Park is just a big field with stones in it. Like, yeah, like, uh, oh, amazing. I, okay, I so love this. Central, Central Park coming just, along. It's not one <laughs> yeah. huge green field like you might think. There are some rocks and terrain and everything, so that does make sense. But yes, it has come along swell. Well, yeah, they oh, had to build, is, uh, they had to build some terrain so there were places to hide all of the bodies for Law and Order. 
Yeah, exactly. For joggers to find. Yeah. Don't go jogging. Yeah. All right. My major compliment is that uh, if there's one thing that you know about me, it's that I love when pure-hearted con men con evil con men. Yes. It's my favorite really? thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, there's, the one, there's one where a, a guy has conned uh, their little tourist friend out of some money on the streets of New York by saying... Yes. Oh, man, the old-timey cons were so funny because they were like, hey, when this bank opens, they'll just give you this money back. And then the rich guy's like, okay, here's $20. I don't know how banks work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the (laughs) bank system was so crazy. Uh, When they passed a bad bill at one point, somebody was like, yeah, somebody passed a a counterfeit bill. And they were like, what bank is it on? Oh, what a weird time. Um, Yeah, yeah. the name of your bank would be on your... Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like Yeah, I Googled that because I was like... What is what does that look like? And I googled like five dollar bills of the period, and yeah, they all say the name of the bank they were drawn on. Wow, wow. Uh, that's cool. so weird. And also, like all these cons have already been done so many times, so successfully that now people are wise to it. But back then, even like you know, we watched The Sting a few months ago, and right. like those cons, these kids don't haven't work seen now. The Sting. They yeah, don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. So so at one point though, they like so this kid gets conned out of money by this weird bank thing, and then they. Uh, Ragged Dick, our intrepid hero with the name, uh, jumps on a boat on a ferry and tells that guy, hey, I know you stole stuff. I know the cops. And so you can just give me the money or the cops will arrest you. And he's like, well, I'm so easily conned. It's really fun. This 14-year-old boy surely is the voice of law and order on this ferry. (laughs) Why does he believe that? Uh, There are others. (laughs) I just, I never get enough of a, a, I love cons and the best way to do it is where the con man is conning con men because otherwise it, you have to feel guilty. But now it's right. like guilt-free Robin Hood. Yeah, he's, he's a con vigilante. Yeah, a, a vigil conti. Nope. Mm. <laughs> nope. No. Don't try it. Move Let's it along. Fail on that one. Fail. <laughs> 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 right, as your compliment. Uh, I guess this taught me about history a little bit, maybe? It did. Um, so, well, so, so at the, the, he wears... Okay, uh, so he wears... He says George Washington's uh, coat, all right? And yeah. he's like, oh, pants also? This guy says, he's like, no, nah, man, the pants belong to Napoleon. Here's the thing. I didn't realize this. Napoleon was totally alive at the time he said that. Like, what? it's well possible. What? Yeah. In the, what, in the 1860s? Yeah, uh, you just as- yeah, you just assume that, like, that in the past everyone is dead. But no, some people are still alive, including <laughs> Napoleon. Oh, that surprises me. I never thought to check that. Yeah, wow. what years are yeah. Napoleon? Do you remember? Well, Let's misremember uh, so somebody can be irritated. Who knows things? Seventy-two, I think he died. Eighteen seventy-two. Okay, so he spent. He was on that island where he wasn't allowed to leave, though. Uh, but, well, well, no. So this is this is like eighteen sixty-seven. This book came out, so he he was like in declining health. It seemed like at that point, but wasn't yet on the island. He went downhill okay. fast. And I, I looked a little bit. Also, did you know that uh, he had one a lot of mistresses and two people didn't like him for that. Like, I just assumed that'd be okay, but not, oh. not that cool. Because it's still sort of mixed whether that's okay. Well, I just don't know what's, uh, this, so this is going to be a recurring theme in this uh, podcast for me, is I don't know what's acceptable because it's the past or because like, like yeah, I don't know how much things have changed really. <laughs> I, I mean, there are, like there's that, wasn't, isn't the Italian president got all the mistresses now and people are like, that's fine. He's, he's cute. I don't. I don't know how much everyone's cool with it, but but yeah, I just I don't know how much things are different from from like from from France to not France, or from like you know eighteen hundreds to not eighteen hundreds, yeah, or, or if your name's Napoleon or not. I didn't know Napoleon's first name was Louis. Man, that was that was also news. Oh. 
Wow. There's so much interesting things if you leave the book and go other places to find out about it. <laughs> wow. Yes. Every day is a discovery for you, Ezra. <laughs> it really is. By the way, Berlusconi was the moment. Uh, if you're keeping score at home, what were you realized? Not only do I not know about the past, I know very little about the present. <laughs> yep. Is he still the PM of Italy? No idea. I called him. Do they the have president. PMs? Yep. Or Who knows? Uh, president? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Which could yeah. be either of those. He could it's be a president. king. Okay. Italy is a weird place. Can we just... All right, all right, Jane, from now on, whenever we don't know something, can we just go to you for a tie break and you just like can vote it in or not and it becomes canon? No, because, because that will reveal my own ignorance. If I sit here quietly, <laughs> yeah, well, nobody knows Everyone assumes that you know all about Italian politics and are just not embarrassing us. Can you make a sound of like thinly veiled contempt? Oh, yeah, yeah sure. Absolutely. I'm doing that right can now. You give us, can you give us a couple <laughs> different takes of that? <laughs> yeah. Guffaw. Puff. <laughs> Good morning, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We're a good podcast about uh, mostly questionable books, movies, and TV. I'm your host, Alex Falcone, on Twitter, at Alex underscore Falcone. Joining me, as always, he's at C. Walter Smith on Twitter in Brooklyn, New York. It's Mr. Chris Smith. Alex, I will care for you if you'll let me. Uh, Invite me into your bed, and I will teach you everything I know. You know what's great about him? I think my favorite part about his tutor character is when the guy's like, Wait. Today you know every single thing that I know. <laughs> well, how do you like? How do you know but, when you've reached the yeah, end of everything there, you know? Uh, the vision of education in this book is maybe overly simplified. That could be true, but I, like if I was my tutoring you, I could always come is... up with something that I know that you don't know. You, like, I, I could stretch that forever. Um, actually, I think the well, character the that said "I will care for you" might have been Frank. Oh, oh no. was the that two, is true. It's just the, that's the mark of really good writing is when any one character can be substituted for any other. <laughs> or that Frank, could be a mark Dick, of listening to an ep- a, a, an audiobook on two, two times speed and missing things. Sure, yeah, <laughs> not necessarily Horatio's fault. No, I think I think Frank and Fosdick are remarkably interchangeable. Yeah, um, so I, I don't think that's your fault. The great thing about Fosdick, I uh, like, I love the idea that it's Dick and Fosdick, which like I can only invite people into my home who also have most of my name in their name. So yeah. like we get like like Fos Alex and like Fos Chris and Fos Jane. We can all be friends now. Could you do Roderick? Because that has it, but there's an R oh, in the middle. I think that well, that's a judgment call. If your name was Drick, <laughs> yeah. maybe. Uh, yeah, I uh, yeah. Fos, Fosdick and Dick does sound like it's like Superman and Evil Superman. It just like it sounds like Fosdick is going to be looks just like Dick, but he's got a uh, good go, uh, goatee, and he's yeah, not and, nice. <laughs> and then again, this is another one of those problems. I don't know if this is a common thing where everyone's name is like Foz something else uh, in the 1800s, or if this is a weird thing. <laughs> well, like, it, it is right on the edge of too much Dick. It is. <laughs> there is a great line at this point where it's like, I have a cousin named Dick. If you go to school with him, there'll be two dicks in two classes in the class, and that'll be silly. And like, yes. it would again, be sick. Be I silly. don't, I don't know if this is a situation where, like, does does Alter know about Dick being other things besides just a name? Oh man, I wonder. That's I, so hard because they say oh, yeah, ejaculate I, I twice, also, <laughs> and like they, say, they ask him if he wants a licking. They polish him off at one point. I just, I don't really know what's going on, guys. I think there is. So much artlessness in the, the I, I cannot believe that he that that use was in common parlance at the time because there were so many opportunities that he seems to blithely just trip on past that yeah. I, I, I yeah. can't think Dick meant Dick then. Oh, also, they weren't even sure that it meant Richard. Like everyone, the people he met yeah. were like, does that mean Richard? 
Like it was, they were just coming up with it, which is fascinating to know because I've always wondered why that was okay at any point. Could there have been this book? Maybe this was it. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds to me like it's got um, Cockney rhyming slang in it. One of those Richard went to Rick, Rick went yeah. to Dick Beale. Oh, like it sounds to me like it had to come out of England. Yeah. Yeah, man. Was England the thing then? See, I don't even know. Yep. England's always been a thing, Alex. <laughs> okay, cool. Always. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like when you help me by teaching me something that might be too far <laughs> to the other side. You might be wrong also. <laughs> the voice yeah. is so com- com- like commanding, though. Like, is- I just, I, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir, Mr. Smith. Uh, also joining us, the less commanding of the two voices, he's <laughs> at Ezra Fox on Twitter. It's Ezra Fox Foz. I was trying to do Foz Fox, and then I got it wrong. Foz Fox, yeah. Um, I, I'm going to save up 50 cents and buy myself some oyster stew. <laughs> Oh man, uh, this from that other book we read, the Magic Horse book. Yeah, uh, oysters used to be so big. Remember? Yeah, or such a thing. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, they're actually, they're still they're still big now. <laughs> well, like large. Yeah. No, no, they no. If you like uh, historically, the oysters you could find off the East Coast were like a foot long. Wait They'd, a second. Wait, wait. If Chris says it, I'll believe it, Alex. But if you say it. You know, I'm back then, even... before over-harvesting and habitat destruction, exactly. oysters used to be a oh, lot bigger. Okay, now yeah. I believe it, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oysters used yeah. to be like a foot long, and you'd be like, I'll take two oysters, and that's a whole meal. And now they're little wow. tiny things. And they're... Are you just thinking of like the, like the gooey ducks? Because nope. those are, oh, yeah, those those are, are some Richards freaky. over there. Yeah, because yeah, those will just walk away from you. That's a, that's a weird one. <laughs> no, it's Rochard is what shortens to, to duck. <laughs> uh, also joining us today, we have a very special guest. She's a writer on the show, Once Upon a Time, and she's written for Buffy, Battlestar, and so much more in Los Angeles, California. It's Jane Espenson. I slept in a box last night. <laughs> he was so cheerful about it. In the box hotel. He, he was, I mean, it, the, bo- the book really should be called, like, Life is Easier When You're Really Cheery. Because yeah. that... Yes. That's his main it's superpower. Kimmy Schmidt. It's Kimmy it's, Schmidt yeah. for this time. That's such a good... Yeah. yeah. He's been through a terrible, terrible past, and it's just like... Well, everything's looking up. This is much better for my complexion when I'm not <laughs> sleeping in a box. <laughs> I like everything with a coming up dick. Pack. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, or, so uh, or uh, Keenan's uh, character uh, Willie on uh, on uh, Weekend Update. Um, like, yes. like, it's like yeah, just I don't, like they yeah. always tell you, Dick, you slept in a box last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he seems fine for a guy who's probably really achy. And, like, I don't know what diseases are common uh, in the 1800s, but, like, I imagine he has all of them. He's probably got, like, box yeah. mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Foot and box mouth. <laughs> yeah, he's got, uh, um, he's got that crate foot. It's really <laughs> dangerous. Yeah. Old-timey diseases are the best diseases. What if, what if like, optimism is just, like, a side effect of one of the other diseases, you know? Yeah. It's like his gout acts up and he just gets really, really, like, you know, glass half full about everything. in a way. It oh, yeah. Be. This is a symptom. <laughs> oh man! Oh, I like that reading of this book a lot. It's very dark, but yeah, yeah, he's gonna, like, he's definitely. He, I mean, he's no got matter what happens, he's got shoe shine rot, and it's causing <laughs> his brain to to slowly break down, and it's just releasing yeah. dopamine the whole time. Yeah. yeah, you know what they used to make shoe polish out of, Alex, back in the day? Cocaine. Lithium and mercury. Oh, no. I believe it. <laughs> Probably true. <laughs> Probably at least a little it's... bit true. Uh, so, Jane, uh, we are fortunate enough to have you here because we uh, entered into a mutual mutual admiration society with you, I guess. Um, yes, I, I buy that. You're a, uh, certainly, yeah. I admire you guys. This you're, is this is awesome. Well, and we're yeah, we're huge fans of your work. And you came to us through Top Chef podcast, right? You came. You're a fan of uh, yeah. our spinoff as well. Aw. Yeah, I found that and was like, these people are fascinating. Wait, they do something else. 
<laughs> so yeah. So great to have you, Jane. Uh, this episode number three hundred forty-five. Wow, of the show we have now done as many episodes Oof. as the number. I want to go back at some point and re- and figure out when you started saying "Wow, Chris," because I'm curious, like what number the number you. always amazes me. It, it was yeah, around within... sixty nine or sixty seven. Oh, yeah? It was it was like it was pretty early on that you were going "Wow, wow." Really? Chris, yeah, you've been doing that for impress me. six years. Uh, Alex, little known fact: Chris didn't actually know the word "Wow" until that episode. <laughs> Before that, it was like "Wowza, sir." <laughs> Uh, he was just a very enthusiastic little boy. Oh, you off for a nickel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. How could that not have been sexual? <laughs> I, I, I'm going to guess ejaculate was not sexual at the time. But polish now you I off definitely had too many. Polish you off always, always has been. I think so. Uh, so this is three, uh, 345. We've now done as many episodes as the number of Harry Potter audiobooks sold per hour on Audible since they were released in November. Wow. 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 Wowza, sir. <laughs> I don't like Gee willikers. It, it, that sounds, the way I said it too, it sounds a little bit Jar Jar Binks, which I don't care for. No, it's, it's that is a lot. Lisa, read Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it is a lot, because it, it turns out, I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, the, it, the audiobooks were only available directly through Rawlings' website and cost like 40 bucks. And then Audible started carrying them for a fourteen ninety five more normal fee starting in November. And it was the fastest audiobook to a million sales on Audible, which is very good for yeah. a decade-old book. Um, and from what I understand, that set of audiobooks is the best audiobooks. Oh, they're so they're, good. They're really Super good. Super duper duper good. They yeah. are a delight. I if, just, only, if only people could go to a, a website related to Audible. No, no, no. no don't. Money. Nope. Doesn't exist nope. anymore. That deal is over. Does it really not exist anymore? Yeah, I'm sure. You, I'm sorry you missed this part of the meeting, but yes, we do not. That's not a thing. Now I just, I just like Audible. We don't get any money from them anymore. Okay then. Um, yeah. So I don't know how to transition out of that. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of stuff for kids that I'm delighted by, we'll go back to J.K. Rowling. Uh, this week we're talking about Ragged Dick or Street Life in New York with the Boot Blacks. Uh, first published as a 12-part serial in the in Student and Schoolmate, beginning uh, in 1867. As is your Student and Schoolmate subscription current? Uh, I let it lapse, but I'm, I, I think I'm probably going to you know re-up it now that Caleb is you know getting old enough to read. I'm yeah, sure, you know, he could use a, a positive influence uh, about um, I don't know the wonders of capitalism and and, and, and gumption, maybe. Yeah, he needs to I read feel more like he's about not, gumption. If you know, uh, you know, if he ever goes to sleep in a box on the street, I feel like he needs a little more gumption in him. Otherwise, he you know he won't make it. Um, some gumption, some grit, some uh, cheap flim flams, and how to <laughs> outfox the foxers. In, I do love some flim flams. In uh, early 1870, they changed the name uh, from Student and Schoolmate to Forrester's Boys and Girls Magazine. And then to The Schoolmate and the Student. It's weird that they decided to switch the order. Anyway, um, <laughs> this is a fascinating magazine that I'd be curious what else was available in it. What, what else was available at the time to make that interesting? You know, like what were the other yes. options to read? Guys, France, it's real. And this is a lot of, that was the news page. Three dollar bills. Have you seen them? What a weird thing. Napoleon, not dead yet. Yeah. On an island, a lot of mistresses. Yeah, but, but, How do you feel? I don't know. <laughs> but this rose to the level of exciting adventures. Yeah. It's shocking. Yeah. These because I mean it's as much fun as these as this book is, it, these adventures are not particularly well structured in, in terms of being like clutch the sides of your chair it's so this roller coaster ride yeah i don't know if roller coasters existed yet oh guys (laughs) oh certainly not alex 
Well, actually, I, <laughs> they were uh, a euphemism, we, but now they're not. Can we, have, can, we have a two minute, can we have a two minute detour, Alex? Will you permit? A hundred percent, yes. Um, so, Jane, I want your opinion on this. And, and guys, I'd love the rest of yours. How would you update this for a reboot? Oh, wow. Like what what, what well, about Ragged parts... Dick deserves to, to, to live again? Well, actually, you know, when I was growing up, and clearly even slightly before that when this book was written, uh, there, were a lo- there was a lot of fiction about people who were struggling to get by. Uh, and, and then at some point, I guess in the 80s, all our fiction became about prosperous people. And I feel like we 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 could use a little more like here's what it's like day to day on the streets like like maybe a drama in which some of the characters are struggling to raise themselves up out of homelessness would be would be timely and interesting. Um, so yeah, actually, a homeless little boy struggling to raise himself out of his social stratum could be could be fantastic. Now, how could you make it sci-fi? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's an alien. Okay, great. Uh, Actually, alien. Did you think about Alien Nation. The, remember the show Alien Nation? That based, it, uh, there was a movie, and then the show it was yeah. fantastic, and it was all about the immigrant experience, and and it was very much sort of a, a, a metaphorical telling of of struggling in America. And I think you could do something like that, and maybe sci-fi would be exactly the way to go. I really like the idea that the reason why we don't why it's all these double entendres is because on Alien Land they were like they talk about dicks a lot. That's that's probably a name. And so then he came here. <laughs> oh no! My name is Dick, and it was like, "What? You're an alien or a really cute little boy?" <laughs> That's the one. I'm a cute boy. <laughs> I'm a cute little human boy. All right. So- oh yeah, he, the the cute is so important. The fact that he was good looking is what made everybody think, "Huh, maybe this guy's smart and possibly richer than we think." Yes. Yeah, right. Like, if it was ugly, Dick, no way, man. No tr- way. It turns out it's really easy to pull yourself up by your bootstraps if you are charming, attractive, quick of study, hardworking, uh, uh, always honest. Like there's a, like he had he was he was a little too good. Yeah, he was he was awfully good. I mean, he sort of gave him some bad traits up front to try to inoculate himself against that. Like he's a gambler and a smoker, and he drinks this vile liquor at the gambling place where you go see plays. But then he never <laughs> smoked or drank to, drank again. Right. Never went to see another play. Yeah, yeah right. right. Turns out it's yeah. real easy to quit plays. The other two are hard, but that one. <laughs> that one, yeah, man. Oh man, we should do that. We should just put everything bad. The only place you can get it is a play. Oh. All right. So like. <laughs> All like all like say like you know like all all cigarette sales and like all like I don't know crack it just all goes out of the backstage of the <laughs> I don't play. Know who I think the theater might be of the American theater. <laughs> it would. Oh, here's the thing. worst thing that happens. It revitalizes theater. Best thing that happens it solves the war on drugs. I'm, or there's some weird middle ground where there's just a lot of people on crack watching plays. I mean, a new movement of, of, of theater is that is that is that a bad thing? No, no, man. Crack me is all right. So for <laughs> those musicals. of you, uh, welcome back to the end of that two minute detour. For those of you who have not <laughs> read this book, Chris, yeah, why don't you summarize for us in the style of an ador- adorably orphaned young boy? <laughs> oh boy, Mister, are you sure I can't polish your shoes or do anything else for you to make five to ten cents? <laughs> <laughs> what was the actual price of it? I'm ever so hungry. It's variable. Oh yeah, a nickel. So I, it was uh, a, it was a nickel. Oh wait, it was a dime. Yeah, yeah, because it got changed from a quarter. It had to like yeah. go back the next day to give the guy yeah. a change for a quarter. Oh man, change for a quarter is a great concept. Uh, <laughs> just like, dwell on that for a second. All right, so it's 
It's 1860s New York. It's old New York, and everything smells like poop. But there's one little boy <laughs> who knows that there's a bright future ahead of him. It's Ragged Dick. They call him Ragged Dick not because this is a porn parody, but because he dresses in rags. He's a boot black, which means he shines the businessman's shoes for just a dime and earns barely enough money to sleep in the box hotel, which is his little joke because actually it's just a box in a room. That's his whole thing. Good joke. Good joke, Dick. He's too it's poor a- to uh, afford actual setups. Yeah. <laughs> or punchlines, yeah. really. Yeah. <laughs> Just middles. Yeah. Ragged Dick is 14 years old, and he's honest, but he's tough, and he swears some, and he's witty, and is a little careless with his, with his money, and, and uh, he smokes and drinks. But you know what? He's got a good heart. And he's there to, to, he wants to pick himself up by his bootstraps and, and be the mayor of somebody rich. And he, he's going to help his fellow boy. And uh, so he, he helps his buddy Johnny Nolan, who's poor but lazy, and Dick buys him breakfast anyway. And, uh, you know, on his day, Dick meets Frank, who's, who's a rich boy. And, but he's new to the city, and his dad has business in the city and, and wants Dick to show Frank around. Because uh, in 1860s, New York was the kind of place where a rich person would be like, okay, son, just go hang out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, oh well. I, here's a sea urchin. Yeah, he'll show you around. Yeah, yeah. a sea so urchin. Start at the <laughs> I don't think that's what you meant. Street urchin. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know what I said. Uh, Chris, can you give me confirmation there? <laughs> you definitely said sea urchin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And can you tell me though, what was New York in the 1860s mostly populated by? Uh, the Japanese call it uni. <laughs> the, uh, thank you. Yeah. The thing about street urchins is you have to really cook them well or they're poisonous. Yeah. <laughs> Very dangerous. Exactly. Because of the filth. <laughs> now, uh, Dick and Frank, they go around New York, and Dick shows him around New York, and they travel up from the lower Manhattan with uh, Wall Street and, and the Astor House, and they travel up towards City Hall, and then up towards Union Square and Madison Park and towards Central Park, and he shows them around, and, and Dick points out all the buildings, and they avoid being conned by the con men, and Dick just is in the best spirits, even though life is made of fucking awful things everything is an awful thing there's people constantly trying to steal from them cheat them there's just like poop and pee all over the place it's dirty i, I mean that Nobody is definitely it. true but he doesn't talk about it he doesn't well he doesn't dwell on it yeah, yeah. this is you no. um, i think this you're putting some you're projecting a little of this poop sure okay <laughs> Um, but so Dick makes his friend Frank, and Frank has to go away. But does give Dick a nice suit, which is very important. So now Dick can be seen as somebody who is middle class or a respectable boy, and not a not a, a dirty street urchin. So he's able to uh, sea urchin, Christopher, <laughs> not one of those filthy sea urchins. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Are so as in your head then are sea urchins? Uh, they're just like charming young fish who just haven't made it to the fish middle class yet. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and and like and ragged dick, like he well, so like he came out of the sea, but like you can take the the urchin out of the sea, you just can't take the sea out of the urchin. If I understand, so right. he's are you saying? And I don't know if this yeah. is going to be controversial. He's like seventy percent water. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I don't know what the inflation is like, so I think like one hundred and twenty now. Twenty percent yeah. water. That's what he was. Because the water was that more powerful. That explains a lot. Yeah. Remember right? when yeah. they're like, Dick was an excellent swimmer, and I was like, How did Dick learn to swim? He yeah. lived his life in a box. Yeah, that yeah. box That's why. under the ocean. Turns out. <laughs> Lives in a box under the ocean. What's his name? Searchin Dick. Dragon Dick. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so Dick, uh, he meets his friend Henry, uh, who needs a room but can teach Dick to read. So they decide to become roommates uh, because Dick finally has enough money where he can rent a room for 75 cents a week or it becomes a dollar a week once there's two of them. So they share a bed and spend all their time together. And Henry teaches Dick uh, how to uh, be religious and to pray. He teaches him to read and write and about arithmetic and about science and and history and everything he needs to know. And then uh, Henry gets a job. In, in, a, in a hat store uh, Dick eventually gets a job because on a ferry to Brooklyn he sees a boy fall overboard and rescues him and the boy's dad is really grateful and has a counting house and gives him a job or whatever and, and basically just by being cheery and optimistic and having, having Wait, his wits about did you say he conducted him, a sea rescue? I would I, I would say that yes do you think that could have happened if he was a, a street urchin? No, that sounds like sea urchin behavior to that me. Seems like I'm now on his yeah, right? side yeah, about this. Yeah, because first he had Thank to you. first he had to be on the boat, which he could have attached himself mm-hmm. to the boat. Then he needed mm-hmm. to leap into the water. No, he was already in the water. And you know how many spines it takes to rescue a small boy from the water? Eight. Not that many spines. Yeah, about eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for him. I'm glad he's a he's yeah. a, a hero. <laughs> yeah, he's I'm not going to say that I missed that part, but I'm having trouble remembering when that happened. <laughs> Yeah, so there's, you know, they get into some some minor scrapes, but Dick always keeping his wits about him and keeping optimistic uh, makes it, and by the end of the book, he's middle class, I guess? He's on his way to lower middle class. (laughs) Yeah, moving on up. All all it took was uh, incredible work ethic, good looks, um, meeting, like, befriending, like, one rich person. Good, uh, good jokes. Uh, yeah. Good uh, like two, or, two or three. He befriends a couple rich people. Yeah, yeah. and then saving another rich person's life. That's really? all it takes to almost get to lower middle class. Yeah, yeah, and it's a free suit. Yeah. <laughs> it's a number. Yeah, and a lot of free. Yeah, a lot of free suits. But anyway, uh, that's basically the book. Is ragged dick. Not so ragged anymore. So let's, let's start here, Jane, uh, which I would have done earlier, but I messed up. Uh, you, this was uh, your suggestion, uh, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you were getting schoolmate and student. Uh, but why? Why this? Why did Why did Ragged Dick jump out at you? Well, I'd read it years ago because I had been struck by the fact that people reference a Horatio Alger story, but they never read Alger. And I was like, "Why is that the case?" And I read it, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, this is why." Because um, <laughs> it's it's charming, but also just sort of repetitive and not well structured, and all the things that are wrong with it. Right. Um, and I just and I'd always. It's not a book you can really wholeheartedly recommend pe- to people. Like, want a rollicking adventure? Read Ragged Dick. No. <laughs> you want a mildly interesting education about a particular era of New York City? Read yeah. Ragged Dick. Uh, and I thought, so this was an occasion where I, there was someone I could actually make read it so I could have someone to talk about with. If you, have, yeah. if you have a middling recommendation, we are the people who want to hear that. <laughs> exactly. And I think the things that make it interesting and the things that make it terrible are just are fun things that you, you don't come across a lot. Well, we've like the hinting... problems in this book aren't problems you encounter a lot. Yeah, These we've been hitting about problems. a couple of the things that we thought were terrible, but why don't you give us another suggestion of something that you think was a, a little bit terrible? So it's the, the, the arcs are not really exciting, which is partly due to being in a magazine and partly due to it being old, I assume. Uh, the serialization uh, yeah. was, like, made it so that he wasn't going on a really great long arc. It was just a very clear line. So what else? What else strikes you as terrible about this, Shane? Yeah, uh, hang on. So I've got I've got pages and pages of complaints. Okay. <laughs> Rush, shuffle, uh, shuffle, 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 shuffle. Yeah, there it is. Okay. 
Dick only has two jokes. <laughs> one is that he pretends to be rich. Yeah. And one is just a, a radical understatement of the situation, which I, is I, pretty I, charming. I don't think I've ever gotten tired of him pretending to be rich because he, it's I, that joke I like. I don't know. Because he's so clearly very, very poor. Yeah, Again, and, and like, I didn't know if all poor people did this or not in the 1800s. This is really hard for me. It's just the, it's the same sass mouth that everyone has. Yes, I mean, he is just chipper as heck. But it, they're such dad jokes, and I feel like it sort of solves that age-old question of, like, do people learn dad jokes as they get older? Or were dad jokes used to be young people jokes, mm. and the people just got older and kept their same jokes? Oh, yeah. So I feel like this question. is a kid doing dad jokes, so that's how they became dad jokes. So, like, like a popsicle stick joke is a dad joke that a kid likes because it came with a popsicle, right? <laughs> so there was right. There's bribery in order to like the joke? I think so, yeah. I think I have a more positive <laughs> version of anything that comes on a popsicle. Um, what's something so I don't care is, for? Moth? This is no, like, that would not be better on a popsicle. I take it back. Yeah, well, so was, this is cutting-edge humor then at the time is what you're saying, right? It's just like oh, we yeah, just yeah. caught up to the humor technology. Da- I, uh, I think the key to dad jokes is having a dad who is into dad jokes, and then you like hate it until you're 20, and then you like your biological clock kicks in and you start liking them again. That's my theory. <laughs> I think you. I don't think you like them till till you procreate the next generation. No, because I am dad why jokes I never had all kids. the time, and I have not had kids yet. I feel like my body is re- thinks I have kids because of all the dad jokes it's putting out. Uh. <laughs> you have dad joke bod. I, I do. I've got dad joke bod for sure. <laughs> also wearing mom jeans. It's very strange. Nice. Wow. Uh, well, and then the other one. Can you give me a radical understatement uh, version? Because I'm trying to remember that joke, and it's not as coming to me as fast. Yeah, when um, he pulls the kid out of the water and the the rescuers who had to rescue them both now hmm? which i believe <laughs> happened yes yes yeah uh, well classic sea urchin move anyway yeah going. exactly the rescuers say uh, that was a dangerous situation you were in there and he says yes that's what i was thinking when i was in the water <laughs> it's just this little charming understatement yeah, yeah, yeah. that is good calm response yeah uh yeah. he also i don't know if this this counts as a joke uh but the other thing he does is he pretends not to understand you when you hate him yeah when he's like when someone's like are you asking to get a beating he'll be like i don't think that agrees with my constitution yeah yeah Yeah. actually i I guess that's understatement too uh no but that that does actually work in real life though at one point right we're like um i uh my parents had like a crazy neighbor um who like really was angry at our dog and like um the uh like let the dog out he was like like get your effing dog you know like get get away i was like Hey Tommy, it's really good to see you, man. How you doing? He's like, your fucking dog, get it inside. It's like, all right, man, you have a good day too, buddy. It totally works. <laughs> yeah, because now yeah, he I've thinks you're too. crazier than he is, right? And then he's scared. Mm-hmm. You've outcrazied him, and he doesn't know what's possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Uh, so anyway, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna play guess what's on your list next. Uh, I'm gonna guess there might be something <laughs> about uh, women and girls. Oh, interesting. Like, uh, I, like where, there are no, they're nowhere. There's the, one nine-year-old the girl. Absence of them. And then there's yeah. the old lady who's not good at cleaning. Well, he does meet one little girl at church. Right, right. Yeah, right. And the mean old lady on the bus. Yeah, yeah, there's not a lot of women. Yes, but the mean lady at the, uh, uh, on the bus, lady who doesn't clean his uh, place that he's staying in, and the nine-year-old girl who is repeatedly told by her parents to be seen and not heard. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's interesting, because I, I, one of my compliments was going to be that this isn't racist, uh, surprisingly, <laughs> but but it does it such by a classic, the fact of just simply... That's a great compliment. Yeah, the, the, 
it doesn't acknowledge there are any other races, and thereby avoids being racist, and it does the, the same thing racist. with sexist. Yeah, yeah, right. Just besides that whole thing. Yeah, it might have a tinge of anti. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's no no point. women here, and no other races here, so. You know, so no we are just egalitarian. Us, All us the white guys are the same. <laughs> Chris, what did you say? Oh, uh, there might be a tinge of anti-Irishness at one point, but it's it's fleeting. <laughs> it's know? also that's one of those things where I feel like it, it's weird to hear that because yeah, right. Like this was a this was a separate thing at one point. I'm very I'm very used to like Irish parking, nobody else signs like it's in someone's garage. <laughs> like that's the most <laughs> pro or con Irish that I ever hear. Yeah. <laughs> And will also kiss me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kiss me. I'm Irish. That happens. Two things that I know yeah. is they're par- allowed to park in their own garages, and they like to be kissed. Yeah. <laughs> but not not because of who they are, because of what they are. Um, yeah. Well, so uh, so what else? What else bothered you? Uh, and it could be anybody. It's not all Jane. Oh now. yeah. We are, are we getting to hates? Yeah, we're oh, we're yeah, knee we're deep in, in in terrible things. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't love the simplicity of the problems, frankly. Um, having lived in New York, I'm, I'm not a native New Yorker. I can't uh, claim legitimacy, but I've been here about three years. And How many times have you been mugged? Uh, zero. Zero mugging. How do you feel about subway rats? Uh, I'm okay with them. Sometimes they're cute, you know, because you see them on the tracks. But if they get on the platform, that is, that's a drop kick. That is... <laughs> oh. Yeah, sorry, uh, Peta. Uh, you you don't get to be where the people are. But uh, isn't the Little Mermaid? Yeah, famous line. But, from Little Mermaid. <laughs> but, what so weird? Like this, like sea creature comes down from the ocean, and just like the prince, is like no, back where he came from. Oh no! Oh god! No, definitely <laughs> not. Toss, toss him back. Yeah, but you know, all the problems were so simple, and all you had to do was just be optimistic and just have like a little bit of a smile all the time, well, and, and everything was going to work out. So, and it's just so naive there's like so crazy like such crazy systemic problems with the city at that time and like it would be so hard to elevate yourself and to do those things and everybody's just like yeah. if you just work hard it'll happen and i just uh so yeah know. so it's some real american dream propaganda and i wondered if yeah. that bothered people or if it was kind of fun because it seemed like like of all the philosophies to have pushed down your throat try hard it doesn't seem like the worst one like it's not, and no, I guess. And yeah, it sounds unpleasant. As so sure, this is both my biggest hate for the book, but also the hate I most want to believe in. Because uh, I, I want to believe that if I work hard and I'm nice to people and I keep my wits about me and I just believe that things are going to get better if only I do great, uh, that I really can prosper. And that's yeah. that's the dream of America, the dream of moving to New York City, the dream of so many things. And I want to believe, but in book form, it just comes off as so thin, I think. In I, point. you know, as a very attractive white man, I feel <laughs> like uh, if I work hard, I can succeed. So I think I think it's like yeah. it just it just rings true to me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, the book acknowledges that that just saving his money isn't going to be enough. That's why he has to rescue the little drowning boy at the end. Yeah. because You have because, to also be a coincidental hero. Yes, but then here's the cool thing. Because he rescues the little boy, he gets the job interview. But he would have failed that job interview if he hadn't been taking, if he hadn't been trying to improve himself, so that he was able to yeah, to right. show, demonstrate in the job interview that he could could write beautifully, you know. And so it's like it's the, one of those luck is uh, yeah. things, right? Yeah, like hard work and opportunity, and this it does sort of track. Except what you need is that drowning boy. 
Yes. Like, this, oh, this is why I hang out saw, near yeah. fairies. Yeah, if I understand you right, James, it should be pushing wealthy, uh, the sons of like wealthy businessmen into the water and saving them right away. It's like that was say, my takeaway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, luck uh, is 10% perspiration, 30% being near someone drowning, and then like 40% agar agar. I think. Wait, yeah. does that add up? Yeah. It adds up to 80%, which yeah. is all you need to pass. Yes, because it's 120%. Whatever the other thing we said earlier was. Water. Yep. Yeah, water. <laughs> That's yeah. what it is. It's 120% water. Man, that yeah. would have been a pretty good like like callback of all our callbacks if I had remembered <laughs> what we were talking about an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. Fix it in post. Snicks haters. And I made myself so easy to love. Welcome back to Jade's Shade, the mini podcast on the Sesame Network. Jade's Shade is brought to you by read-weep.com slash Amazon. Use that address whenever you buy stuff online, and a portion of the benefits go to the Sesame Seed shows. So if you're just joining us for the first time, Jade's Shade is a shade-throwing competition show. So how it works is each contestant gets 60 seconds to throw as much shade as on as many things as they want and or can. And in the end, each of us will judge them using our own arbitrary scale. So, Chris, start us off. <laughs> yep. 60 seconds on the clock, and go. All right, I don't like darts at bars. Why are you throwing spikes near drunk people's heads on the way to the bathroom? <laughs> Stop it. Okay. Expiration dates on food and medicine. Who knows what they mean? On milk, you can smell it, but can you smell it on Advil? I'm not sure, and it worries me. The last bit of soap in the hand soap dispenser. The straw can never get it up. What, are you too good for me? Magic eyes. I can't see them. Cockroaches. They're everywhere, and I hate them, and they're dirty. Uh, suboptimal weather. It should be 75 every day. Everybody would be so much happier, and yet it's not. Oh, oh my God. I have, I have 30 more seconds. Is yes. that all right? Oh, shit. I've got so much. Uh, pennies. Nobody likes them. They take up change. Do you know how many pennies it takes to make a dollar? Two handfuls. That's two <laughs> That's two girls' fists worth of pennies. That was yeah. oddly specific. <laughs> yeah, it's oddly specific, but seriously, like, why would you Why would you need that? And, like, the copper is worth, like, they're not even copper anymore. It's worth more than a cent. It's terrible. Uh, how about this? I don't that's like it. those ads that bait me into clicking. Oh. And that's time. We'll never hear about the ads. Really Shit. strong work, Chris. Way to open, uh, especially wow. the the very very beginning of it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna score you first. Uh, so I loved the first few. Uh, I don't think the soap is too good for you. I think it is too bad for you. It's not. It doesn't deserve you. And then huh. also, I want to say uh, that uh, you get two handfuls of points from me. Oh, <laughs> two girls' thanks. fists of points. That's uh, a lot. Fit uh, almost a hundred pennies in there. <laughs> I don't know how many points you can fit, though. As uh, how do you how do you rank Chris's shade throwing? Oh, eight. All right, uh, eight points. Uh, Jane, how do you? No, think no, you no, 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 Alex, not points, just eight. <laughs> eight. Uh, Jane, how did he do? Oh, it was amazing. I'm floored. Uh, that I, I, I give it. I don't know. What's the biggest number there is? Like 800 and Nine? something. 800 yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Chris, you are out to an early lead. You have Great. two handfuls of points plus eight plus 800 and something. Uh, Jane, I'm going to have you go next. What is your uh, What are your shade? I'm going to reset the clock. And okay. you have 60 seconds on the clock. You don't have to use all of it. You can call it early, but you can't go longer than 60 seconds. And begin. Okay. 
All right, here's my shade. The instructions for this game were totally ambiguous, and I came up with a list of extra things I didn't like about the book we're reading. So <laughs> I that's, that's I what I got. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's acceptable. Because no, oh, well, that's it. No, you have to no, read, no, the, say the other things. Because Jane, my, my list is also all based around the book because I agree ah. the instructions were vague. <laughs> yes, you've done this game before. Yeah, uh, but if you read over your email. <laughs> okay, well, I do. Have, I do have a couple more things about the book. Yeah, go for it. I want to hear those. Give us it. those bonus things. He says the word "hunky" isn't in Webster's dictionary, but it is. <laughs> uh, Dick lives up coffee and steak and i'm not sure that's possible and the only romance in this book is a flirtation with a well-dressed nine-year-old which i find off-putting <laughs> yes. the only heterosexual romance i should say oh <laughs> right. all right well that, that's that's time uh as why don't you start giving her uh, points for her shade um i <sighs> made me feel a lot better about messing up actually so that, that's uh, I think Yay. you're gonna have like i think uh, let's say eight and a half uh, just validations. 8.5 <laughs> validations. Uh, yeah. uh, let's see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... My, my judgment of it. So I wrote the email. It seemed very clear to me. <laughs> so I can't give you any validations for that. However, uh, I do enjoy your fact checking. And I did find the, the romance, the hetero romance a little off-putting. Although, to clarify, he was 14. If he was a different age, it would be more off-putting, probably. Even if he was nine, that would also be off-putting. Um, really, nine, not two nine-year-olds. You're like, no, yeah, that's not cute. No, that's not cute. Well, it depends on what it is. If it's like they're dancing at a wedding, super cute. If they're like anything else, what if they're, <laughs> what if they're two nine-year-old dogs? Oh well, Aww. you know. Uh, that's geriatric dog romance that's adorable right? yeah, well, i do like geriatric <laughs> i like dog romance all right you've convinced me i'm gonna give you the highest number 800 and something <laughs> yeah uh, what are you gonna uh give jane for this uh two very sincere <laughs> nods of respect Ooh, two nods. Uh, yeah so which here... which was for playing playing through the uh the Misunderstanding of Alex's very clear email. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Chris. Also, my, since... my first shade is going to be reading this email. All right, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it's my turn first. You'll be next, as. Um, uh, also, uh, I'm, I'm going to write do this want, down. Do as... you want me a, a timer or whatever? Uh, I can do it. I'll, I'll look at it. Okay. All right. And Alex's shade and go. Uh, people who had uh, at grocery stores who try to talk you out of buying things. Uh, I was at uh, Fred Meyer the other day and the lady told me to not buy milk because it's weird that we're the only species that buys another species milk, which we also oh. are the only people who eat Pop Rocks. I mean, like, there's, it, who cares? Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, right. We do I don't know. A, a, lot of, a, a lot of animals would eat Pop Rocks, Alex. Well, if they have the chance, but they don't. Uh, if we can only do stuff cows can do, we're in a lot of trouble. Also, she was buying <laughs> almond milk. I'm not a baby almond. Coffee shop near my house uh, took a very strange stand on the gendered bathroom controversy recently. It had two bathrooms labeled men and employees only. And I think that, <laughs> that is a really terrible plan. Uh, I, speaking of bathrooms, I don't like manual sinks anymore. I've become so lazy. If a public bathroom doesn't have an automatic sink, I'm just not eliminating today. I don't a like horseless sink. <laughs> yeah, horseless sink. I don't like people who say I'm a hugger. This is a, this is a two party decision. You can't unilaterally decide we're hugging. Uh, I don't like uh, measuring stuff in football fields. I don't spend any time on football fields, and I don't like visible tattoos. Okay. Nice. I ran out of time, so I can't explain the visible tattoos thing. But it was very. Do you like funny. invisible t- tattoos? Sure, invisible ink tattoos, great idea. Love it. Uh, okay. Also, if you cover or that girl <laughs> who was on Criminal Minds who had the white tattoos. 
Oh, man. I, white tattoos uh, sometimes just look like diseases. Yep. And I'm not crazy about if it. If you hold invisible yeah. tattoos over the toaster, you can get them to appear, right? Like <laughs> lemon <laughs> tattoos. I think it's got, yeah, just got a light on your arm. All right. Well, I'm going to have to ask for some points now. Uh, right now, I, I just have to remind everybody, Chris has two handfuls of points, eight and 800-something. Jane has 8.5 validations, 800-something, and two <laughs> sincere nods of respect, respect or two snores. <laughs> Oh, I can I can I can give yes, you yes, a point. What, what do I get for uh, you, that? Just you'll have to toast your left arm in order to see it, but it's there. <laughs> okay, uh, Jane, how did I do? Oh, well, eight hundred and something for the things, but I'm subtracting eight hundred for the vague email. So, okay, so just <laughs> something. So it just all something. Wash. A lot of ripple effects <laughs> on this one. Something, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> just something over. Chris, what did I do? Um, I'll you know I'll give you a four. Okay. Uh, that is out of five, but it also comes with uh, a big thumbs up from across the bar. <laughs> okay. Uh, Chris, or Ezra, that leaves you. Hey, Alex, Alex, can I slide a drink over to you, but overshoot it and it'll land on the floor? Yes, definitely. <laughs> you meant well. Drink. Uh, yeah. I'm adding it. All right, as it's your turn to close us out, the timer right, begins right. now. Wait, no, no. Throw shade. Uh, okay. To start us off, one more thing for tomorrow's recording. Alex Falcone, June 3rd. Uh, can each of you throw together a list of five to ten things to throw shade at? It can be anything that displeases you from minor to major gripes. Uh, and you can have as much or as little detail as you want, with the goal being about 60 seconds of talking about the list. Thank you. Sounds super polite as well as thorough. It was very <laughs> polite. Yes. Um, but I guess I think I think I was just I was already just in mindset of this. Uh, but anyway, so I have five quick things. Um, one, this made me do math. I had to multiply everything by seventeen point five or not understand what they were talking about. Um, <laughs> it was there's way too much talk about oyster stew for any kind of media, let alone a book. Um, without knowing more about boot blacks, uh, poverty, eighteen sixties New York, or people named Dick, it was impossible to know what was normal and what wasn't. Um, <laughs> it, it made a winter's tale look good by comparison. Oh. Ooh, it um, did. It did. <laughs> And it might possibly be responsible for rampant social inequality over the last 150 years. So oh, there are some seconds. things not to love. No, uh, beep. <laughs> <laughs> I panicked. I didn't know what to do with the last thing. Oh, man. I just thought of a number higher than 800 something. That is a thousand something for that beep. I was way what? against you that whole time. Uh, you read the email saved, and it made me look even better. Beep. And then that beep really got me. So a thousand something from me. Chris, how do you score him? Okay, I was going to give you a hundred stars for the ad hominem attack. But I'm going to give you negative 1,000 because you brought up the winter's tale. Which is, not the winter's tale, a winter's tale. A winter's tale. Um, which is one of awful. Many. Yeah, awful. It's and it made worse. me... Yeah, think of flying horses, and I hate you. This is now. much shorter. Jane, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I I was gonna give you a lot of points, uh, but then when I reheard the email, I realized that it was not as unclear as I thought. So I'm only gonna give you two for not following instructions. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I, that was a strong that was a strong round. Uh, you know, Chris, I think maybe being first helped for you. Because you didn't have any of the negativity dragging you down. You are yeah. a victor with two handfuls of points hey, eight, and 800 two something. Two handfuls of points. I will raise them above my head. <laughs> I do want to point out I'm still the only one with an overshot drink. Uh, all right. That's it for Jade's Shade on the Sesame Network. We'll be back again maybe some other day with more of this mini podcast.
Jade Shade is brought to you by read-weep.com slash Amazon, where you too can buy your very own outdoor automatic pop-up instant portable cabana beach tent for just $41.99. Sets up in seconds and throws shade on you and all your friends. Also, you can buy weird sex stuff there. Uh, all right, we are uh, we're taking a while, so we have time for a very quick game of top three. Whoa! Oh, huh? Top three, top three, top thank, three. Thank I don't you, even Jane. know how to pronounce that. Thank Whoa. you, first time guest, for being the only one who said the thing that you're supposed to say. There. <laughs> I know. I didn't. I was ready for top five, top six, even, but top three <laughs> just threw you off. Well, uh, we're just keeping it quick. So, um, as always, uh, we put it out on Facebook and Twitter before the the show, and we ask people to contribute questions or games they want us to play. And 100 percent of the respondents, which was admittedly a low number because no one's read this, wanted mm. to know. What is what are worse descriptive words for a dick? Huh. People mm-hmm. apparently, based on the title, did not care for ragged dick. Oh, Seems like a bad <laughs> name for it. Sure. Um, I would say spunky dick was uh, also accurate for this, and I wouldn't like it. Yeah, that's yeah. Like a, that's a, that, that, that is, is very good, but also very disgusting. So I don't know how to like. I have to actually describe this character. Ooh, how about uh, zesty? <laughs> zesty dick. Uh, yeah, he was very zesty. Um, yeah. How about uh, flirting with a nine-year-old dick? Mm. Too it's far. Not great. Nope. Okay. <laughs> yeah, boyish he's, dick. He's fourteen. Yeah. 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 All right. Yep. yep. <laughs> Uneducated. I hate this game. <laughs> okay. Top three. I also <laughs> wish we weren't playing this right now. All right. Uh, game number two. <laughs> Reluctant dick? <laughs> oh, I like reluctant dick. I'd I say think he's an aspiring dick. Aspiring dick? Aspiring. Lofty dick? Oh, yeah. Rising dick? <laughs> Upperly mobile dick? Uni- yes. Unitarian dick? That's it. <laughs> Puritanical dick? Puritanical. Uh, all right. Um, spends a lot of time in the theaters, dick. All right. Um, uh, what, let's talk about this is my question. Um, I liked, I thought some of the virtues that they were pushy about were very mundane uh like uh be honest i think this is a funny thing to make as like the main character trait so what other mundane virtues could we be super pushy about and how would we go about that here's one that's really close to my heart uh is just uh hand washing i was gonna so say whenever you hand get into washing mm-hmm. oh yeah nice i mean that also goes well with 1860s new york frankly yeah, but whenever they enter a, enter a room or change activities, they should be washing their hands. And that would be hilarious to reinforce in terms of a plot. Like there's a chase scene through the streets of New York and they like duck inside, you know, a, a salon or whatever to hide from bad guys. And first they got to wash their hands. And then the bad guy follows him and first he's got to wash his hands. Well, Dick, you want to be spectable, be- don't you? You got to wash yeah. your hands. Yeah. I like it. Hygienic Dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I feel like we've let this dick out of the bag and now we can't get it. <laughs> I don't think we Bagless can, dick. We can't unring this dick. Um, okay. I well, as soon as you suggested this book chain, I was like, well, obviously they'll deteriorate at some point, and we held it together yeah, yeah. much longer than I expected. Oh yeah, holding it together, dick. Well um, well, uh, how about um, just uh, prompt RSVPs? Right. As a, You're um, always on that prompt RSVP train. I, I'm gonna until until everyone are you is... throwing a lot of dinner parties where the amount of food is very dependent on the number of guests. You know what? I just they opened the evite. All right, I know they read it. Like, how hard is it to just look at your uh, your calendar right after that and say like yes or no? I, I don't care. I mostly spend time on Facebook events, and I are, I I just say interested whether or not I'm going. Oh, I don't care about those. I never even bother looking at that. Whether if, even when it's my show, I RSVP as interested because <laughs> I'm interested in events. I think they're neat. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm for it. Pro events. <laughs> show my interest. Yeah. Um, so I'd love it if he's like he he uh, is asked. Uh, he's on a boat and a and a young boy falls overboard and someone holds up a calendar and is like, "Who has time to save this boy? We have 15 minute increments." And then I'll send out a doodle. Yeah, he signs, he signs up for his yeah. time. A response yeah. quickly to Evite. It's like I can do it, and then they, he gets a new position. But by then the boy is drowned because it took yeah. too long. Well, maybe they have like a, a complex like coverage plan for who's on call as boy fairy lifeguard. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And they have to yeah, and he's the one who RSVP'd for that shift. Yeah, well, no, yeah, because he's like covering for like for Colleen or something like that, right? So she's oh, like she can't make it. And then... Colleen just had a baby. You know? exactly. Uh, that's a weird. You know, I don't know if we can actually say that. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's private information that she had a baby. Um, friend of the Maybe show and, for, and frequent guest, Colleen, just had a baby, and we're all very happy about it. That's all. Hi, Colleen. Hi, Colleen's baby. Um, not a podcast fan yet, that baby. We'll get her. Um, Jane, what, what what tiny virtues do you want people to be pushed into by young boy books? <laughs> uh, early bedtime. They did not say enough about an early bed. There was oh, one reference to the fact that they had to go to bed early or the lantern would go out and they'd be undressing in the dark. Yeah, it's, um, it was, it's so. different. I, I think probably there were fewer kids trying to stay up all night when their world was lit by whale oil. It yeah. Really, you'd be like, actually, let's just go to bed. It smells like fish in here and I can't see. I, I, love, the, <laughs> I love the idea that if you if you don't get undressed like fast enough, whether it's still light in the world, then um, you just have to sleep with your clothes on because you don't know how to get out of them. You know, you're just like <laughs> trapped until daylight. It's not like there were zippers or Velcro then uh, as it was all a complex series of like hooks, loops and buttons. Ties. Yeah. A lot of yeah. lost, uh, rubber bands around you your waist your whole oh, those are the exotic yeah. ones um yeah. what, are, what are those metal pieces around a barrel called that thing bands hasps whoa Ooh. smartest podcast hasp, really? we've ever done you guys both had answers real quick and i believed both of them i don't know <laughs> hasps. yeah yeah this is it's, it's hard to get out of your clothes ezra because you're wearing a metal hasp Right, but no, I already just hold on. If I understand how people wore clothes, though, it's just a straight up barrel, though, right? Like it's oh, a barrel right. two straps. That's why that is. Everyone is running around in barrels. I, yeah, these are these were hobos in the eighteen hundreds. These are barrels with uh, uh, shoulder straps. Yeah, uh, and then you can sleep in it at night. Oh yeah, it's in your barrel hotel. Yeah. Uh, all right, and then uh, lastly, this is, uh, this is your suggestion, Jane, but how w- you said, how would you fail to thrive, which I like, because uh, fail to survive would be a little dim in this not, case. Not everyone dies here. Yeah. So, <laughs> In fact, uh, nobody dies, right? That we saw. The stakes are pretty low. No, a I mean, in the 1800s, were, no one ever died. Oh, no, everyone's still alive from the 1800s? <laughs> yes. they, waited, they all waited until 1900. They're all like, just waiting for that big New Year's party, and then whoop. Uh, party like it's 1899 uh so jane, how, how would you fail to thrive how would you fail to thrive in this time jane jane the boot black well uh, something racist. an omission i don't think it is something that the book never brought up but that i felt was a looming presence in it was the potential money out there to be made through prostitution <laughs> mm. <laughs> Okay. And I've got a feeling okay. I would succumb to that temp that temptation a lot earlier than <laughs> you. When I'm like the first night that I'm there lighting the matches that I'm supposed to sell to keep me warm yeah. so I won't freeze to death at night. Oh, I think I'm turning to prostitution. <laughs> if that was an option, yeah. I'm, yeah, I think it, I think we have to assume it was an option. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. I like to think I the mean, reason why they didn't ca- talk about that is because it was a child. But, you know, you write whatever you want to write. You know better than I do <laughs> what is exciting plot. 
Wait, so Jane, are you saying the reason you'd failed to thrive is that you turned to prostitution and it didn't work out well for you? Oh, oh I guess I hadn't thought because I think, I think maybe to it'd be fine. I think that. you turned this game to how would I be really great at this time? Yeah, yeah. How would I crush the 1860s <laughs> being a kick-ass prostitute? That's right. You're dunking oh my all God, over the 1860s. And then I could, I could rise to the ranks of one of those buxom body madams. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's all I've ever wanted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be, that'd be pretty fun. Sandy, you're really the boss. Top of her stuff. Yeah. She yeah. knows. The girls all look up yeah. to her. Yeah. 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 yeah they call her big, big mama. Big mama Jane. She's sort of like keeping them prisoner. Yeah. There's a darkness to this that we probably shouldn't acknowledge. <laughs> the joke really gets less fun. Yeah. You just, you just made prostitution sound not that great, Alex. All right. Uh, <laughs> new game, I guess. The game is now how would you kick ass at being in the 1860s? Yeah. How would you crush um, the 1860s, Chris? Oh, I, I got one. So oh. they're big on oyster stew, uh-huh. and I would just introduce them to any other food. <laughs> oyster stew sounds rad. Why are you hating on oyster stew so much? I, I one time in LA, I got sick about on oysters. I I think I, I had a lot of stuff, but I think it was oysters. And like, I just I can't do it. No matter what form it's in anymore, I just it doesn't it pass. I feel like a great injustice is being done to oysters right now. I feel like I, this you is know, worse. I'm the one that's not killing them. So I think this they're is worse okay. Than ending and making a murderer. I feel like oysters have been totally framed here. They're mm. surviving because I'm eating them, right? Like, I, for every oyster I eat, that's one oyster that I kill, right? So, mm. you know, it, who's you the real kill monster? all your own oysters? It, yeah, because they're alive when you they're alive when you eat them. What? Yeah, that's real. I, I have no way true. of refuting that. <laughs> uh, Chris, can you say it in a voice then? <laughs> sure. You know, Alex, uh, oysters actually are alive when you eat them, if you eat them fresh. That oh. is a living, yeah. Do you, I, I know you were doing that voice as a bit, and I totally believed you. I forgot for a second. You, you have a lot of socialized confidence, sir. I like it. Yeah. Um, and actually, speaking of that, that's how I would thrive in the 1860s. Uh, yes. is I, I have many of the same characteristics <laughs> as Dick, mm-hmm. uh, in that I'm very optimistic, and I believe in the power of... Work and, and helping people Good and looking. being kind, uh, susceptible to Unitarians. <laughs> <laughs> well, easily, easily pushed around by a religious figure with money. Well, sure, yeah. I mean, if they're bigger than me, yeah. But you know, low man wins. So I think if I just bend my knees. Uh, It'll be good. But yeah, I, I think I'd do pretty good um, for at least a while. But also, uh, I, I can't imagine I, I'd survive cholera. I don't know. I don't is that, was that a thing? Or is that a made-up disease? I don't know anymore. <laughs> you know, uh, cholera <laughs> is a largely fictional disease, Ezra. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. <laughs> this episode is called Chris Uses His Power for Evil. <laughs> uh, I think I, here's how I would crush all over the 1860s. The one thing this book kept feeling like was going to happen and never did, musical numbers. Oh, yeah. It always felt like it was going to be... I got no strings to hold me down or whatever uh, uh, yeah. people sing about. And then uh, it would have been such a charming thing. So I would have been leading. <laughs> hold on a second. You know the difference between poor people and puppets, right? <laughs> he was not a puppet anymore. All right. You know the difference between poor people and former puppets, right? <laughs> that I cannot confidently say that I do. Um, yeah. It's about two okay. fistfuls. I don't know the difference. <laughs> uh, but Alex, yeah, you're a tap dancer. Yeah. You, you, you can carry a tune. I, I, th- I see this working out real well until you get beat up. I feel like the main thing missing from that, that is a organized dance troupe of street urchins slash well, sea urchins. All, and all like the drug dealers just follow you around, you know, just, just willing yeah. to, to, to sling rock. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, they're slinging rock in the 1860s? 
Uh, I mean, just literal rocks, but yeah, that's that's the best drugs they have at the time. <laughs> oh, I'd crush the 1860s. Crack. <laughs> <laughs> they did not see that coming. They, whew, they were still really excited about laudanum, and this just yeah. took them by surprise. <laughs> laudanum, so passe. Laudanum. So uh, I think we're, we don't do drink. great. Yeah. Were there opium yeah. days in the 1860s? I think so, right? That that was... I mean that was that was like Sherlock Holmes, right? Firmly, like, yes. Chris. But also, yeah, no, there were. There I think everything was a den back then, right? That's all we oh, had was den. It's just multiple dens. Yeah, it was yeah, all just, dens. just yeah. caves, dens, and huts. That's it. Nice. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right. Well, that's the game of top five. That's how we would all crush the eighteen sixties. Top three. Top three. Good work, Chris. Uh, top if you, three. If you, a little slow, but I love the energy. Um, we're uh, well next week when we t- are talking about uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. If you have questions about that or games you want us to play, go to Facebook or Twitter. Let us know, and we would love to play your games. Now I'm uh, so excited for some turtles. Quickly to wrap up the minor compliment, we're going to go in reverse order. Whoever was up last should be first. Now I think, I think that was me. Let's see what's left on the. If anything is left, um, go deep in the tank now. Uh, this is this uh, is winning time. This is magic time now. As this is where the game is won or lost. There's pretty much all that's left of my notes that hasn't been uh, hasn't been said yet. A big breakfast is important. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I think it's that they had coffee and and like and steak for for breakfast. And you know what? That's actually uh, that's pretty good. I was I was listening to um uh was it. Uh, hidden science uh hidden brain all right yeah. uh it's a great podcast um and they're talking about that it's not just like when you eat the calories basically it's not just what calories you eat but when you eat them so mm. uh, people who ate bigger breakfasts uh and consumed the same amount of calories during the day uh like lost more weight uh than people who like ate a big what? dinner for example yeah oh, I so love it. yeah so so all if you need more uh reason to eat breakfast there it is it's one o'clock and i haven't eaten yet today and i'm getting a little delirious from it and it's, so this is like well-timed <laughs> advice What's yeah. meal breakfast? Yeah. Eat some damn food, Alex. I want to know as soon as we're done. Uh, so, Chris? Yeah, so my comment, uh, two minor ones. Uh, one is that uh, some things uh, stay always stay the same, and New Yorkers always wish that their real estate was cheaper. At one yes. point, uh, Dick says that, uh, you know, for $20, hey, if you took that back to the 1700s or 1600s, you'd be able to afford a house with that money. And that is the problem that I always have in New York: is why won't my money buy more things? Yeah, why didn't I, uh, why didn't I buy this in the 1700s? Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But also, uh, you know, one of the things that was really interesting about this phenomenon, just from a sociological perspective, uh, just I don't know why this is what I'm talking about Can right you use now. Smaller words. I'm very hungry. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, so at this time, there wasn't such a thing as a teenager. At 14, he was a tiny adult all the time, oh, and everybody yeah. behaved yeah. like. Tiny. And so oh. we wonder how come this fourteen-year-old boy is basically like an adult in his uh, intents and goals and everything else. And it's like because that you know after the age of like ten, you probably were an adult, and that's yeah. uh, very interesting to me. Um, I'm not going to follow that down the road that could happen when there's a nine-year-old girl flirtation. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. you can leave that one. I'm going to leave it right there. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to leave it like a rich boy in the river. Um, my <laughs> minor compliment is that. Uh, well, it starts out with a, a fake hate, and then I'm going to head fake back into a real compliment. So there's a point Whoa. where he assumes <laughs> that we don't know, we the reader do not know what a city block is. He's like, the distance yeah. between two streets is called a block, 
which is just so weird. I guess that's not a hate, but it's just weird to think of a time when people did not know what the word. This is yeah, new technology. Yeah, this is a new tech. Yeah. But then he goes on to say that in Manhattan, a block is a 20th of a mile. So I learned. So I was like, I was so ready to be down on him. Like, why you treat me like I'm stupid? I know what a block is. And he was like, a 20th of a mile. And I was like, hey, oh. What? <laughs> I mean, obviously, cool. the blocks that go east-west are much longer. Uh, but... That's that true. Good job, Grid. Yeah, yeah. Between the right, Chris. Yes. Between the abs are very long blocks. And the other, yeah, one. that's much longer. He's talking about the streets. Yeah, but going up and down the streets, 20, 20 to a mile, really helpful. And so, little sea urchin, ragged dick, <laughs> upwardly mobile dick, was uh, able to say like, "Oh, it's a mile and a half," because he knew what numbered street it was on and how many blocks that would be. And so he like he totally tricked me. He was much smarter than I thought. And go, Dick, go. Go, Dick, go. Uh, Jane, that leaves you minor compliment. Okay. Well, all right. This is like, this no is... Dick, all Jane. Go. <laughs> this is, I swear this is one compliment, but it's, it's not really. It's three. I'm going to say I'm really fast. Do it. That Number okay. one, it's a character named Limpy Jim. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I forgot about Limpy Jim. That was a good Limpy one. Limpy Jim. Number two, uh, the book Ragged Dick is far superior to his later books, including Tattered Tom, that some people <laughs> felt was derivative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sounds like a lie. Is that real? Yeah, that's real. Oh, it does oh, derivative. I think that's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> and the third and final one is old-timey slang. So, oh, like, and there were some I hadn't heard before, like, honor bright, meaning do you mean it? And oh. um, somebody asked if he was okay, and he said, I'm right side up with care, which is just awesome and needs oh, yeah. to be Oh, what a good uh, stuff. And it's a world in which you can say, he's a Trump, and it's a compliment. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. It's 1982 <laughs> all over again. <laughs> <laughs> was that a comment in 82? That's an interesting specific time. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was pre, pre-Trump pre overload. I don't know. I feel like I always... I think people always... Because there was a time where he called himself the Donald, right? Yeah. And, right. So Trump was still yeah. okay then? But yeah, those those are all great. Those were I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. super machine gun <laughs> fire way. compliments at the end. You got all of it out. Uh, was that... Uh, just checking those compliments all at the same time. Was I unclear in the email? Or was <laughs> <laughs> let's go back to the let's go back to the let's, source. We'll no, 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 no. read it next yeah. week. All right, you guys, that is it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to be back again next week, as I mentioned, talking about TMNT, Out of the Shadows. We're what? Uh, uh. Slightly better reviews than the first of this reboot uh, did. Yeah. Which is not a saying much. But uh, yeah, we're going to be watching Out of the Shadows, um, which I hope is a show about turtles just sitting still while the sun moves across the sky. Mm, they would enjoy <laughs> that. Yeah. Just yeah, constantly slowly warming their cold-blooded bodies. Yeah. Oh, man, we should have definitely played the Shade game during Out of the Shadows. I didn't think of it. It's too late. Um, Anyway, that's next week, and we'll be joined by Anthony Lopez, who is a terrifically funny comic and also well-known around Portland, at least, for his uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles jokes. Um, So come back for that. Uh, And uh, thank you so much for listening to this. Jane, Jane, thank you for picking Ragged Dick. What a fun time. Yeah, Jane. Thanks so much. Really fun. And uh, yeah, and uh, you just uh, season five just finished, right? Uh, That's right. Once upon a time, we just started work this week on season six of Once Upon a Time. We're back in the writers' room. Oh, and are you? um, Is this going to be happily ever after, or are you still just starting? 
Uh, That's a joke uh, about the title. Not a great one. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I'm not in the writer's room. Uh, It's going to be great, and there's a lot more show to come, and it's going to be a great year. Very cool. Cool. Uh, Hell yeah. yeah, Well, and it's been an honor to talk to you, and it's been really fun. She's at Jane Espenson on Twitter. Um, And we will talk to you again, Jane. And thanks for being a meat buddy, and thanks for being... Anyway, this is all so fun. Thank you. And uh, This this has been a blast. As always, Chris and Ez... Uh-huh. So, uh, and, and you guys can go back next week, Jane. You can just yell at your, your headphones again. Oh, yeah. I'll be so sad. <laughs> It'll be weird. Well, uh, uh, just pretend Ezra Jane. agreed with you and uh, and I didn't. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's... Chris has some concerns. <laughs> and Chris gave you some misinformation about the world. <laughs> awesome. All right, we'll see everybody next week. Thank you so much. Bye.